Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Six Rings. The dynasty continues. And football things. The X, the Z, vertical routes. I love football, man. With your host, Andy Hart. Well, Andy Hart is a football genius. I'm not going to pretend I sit down and watch the All-22. Next question, Andy Hart, please. Nick Fitzy Stevens. Is that Fitzy with you this morning? Absolutely not, Fitzy. This just in, I'm dead inside. And Chris Shine. Derek Carr, however, is a guy I would ride tonight. I think Matt Patricia's a boob. Hello, once again, Pats Pals and Foxborough friends. We welcome you to the latest episode of Six Rings and Football Things, a presentation of WEEI, WEEI.com, and Odyssey Sports. On today's episode, we will discuss in our continuing series of positional breakdowns on the 2022 New England Patriots, a highly debatable room, the wide receivers. We'll also get into the potential comeback Of Julian Edelman, is he for real this time? Are we talking Foxborough forever, or could it be temporarily Tampa? And in our final segment, we'll do your favorite and mine, Pat's Potpourri, a little Deshaun Watson, former NFL players boxing, Mac Jones breakdowns, and so much more. With me on one side, producer extraordinaire and third man in, Chris Shime Time. Shime from the morning show on EEI. What up, Shime? What's up, Fitzy? How we doing? And filling in today for Andy Hart. He was just with me on a Saturday show on WEI. And our football conversation elicited both local and national praise. So watch out, everybody. Andy Hart's about to get Wally pipped by our new WEI Patriots writer extraordinaire, Mr. Kyrie Thompson. What's up, the only Kyrie Boston loves? Gentlemen. It's great to be on with you. And thank you for and thank you for that. Okay. Because again, I, I've had a little bit of trauma, ongoing trauma with the name thing. We even had people on the text line being like, Yeah, I like your insights, but you got to change your name. And just like, come on, man, we can't start like this. How did you feel when you were watching that first round series between the Brooklyn Nets and the Celtics? And you heard your name with uh well, let's just say this. Were you rattled the way uh, Draymond supposedly was? And did you have to clutch your pearls the way Steve Kerr did time and again? <laughs> Um, just generally, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to mind my own business. And if anybody asks me what my name is, I'm going to lie. I'm going to make one up. That's a good process. I'm going to, I'm going to give them, or I'll tell them what my middle name is, uh, some, something, but, uh, you, you will absolutely not hear me utter what my, what my name is, uh, during this game. And Mm -hmm. it's funny because on our way out of the stadium, 
everybody busts out the shout as I'm coming down the escalator. And I'm just like, come on, man. Don't Why? take it personal. Don't take it personal. So once again, we're happy to be joined by Ron Mexico on today's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Always got to go with one of those NFL hotel check-in names. Uh, we'll try to come up with our... Uh, alter ego. See, that's why I carry two names, Kyrie. My name is Nick, but everyone calls me Fitzy. That way I can always blame one half or the other of my Jekyll and Hyde personality. But I'll tell you, both sides of me love the New England Patriots. That's a professional podcast segue. And let's get going in our first segment today. The positional breakdown wagon rolls on this summer when we're talking wide receivers. And gentlemen, I want to put it out to you first. Some general opening thoughts on the 2022 wide receiver room. It has been mildly revamped to date with the addition of a big outside threat in previously seven-year Miami Dolphin Devontae Parker acquired in a surprising trade in the offseason from the Miami Dolphins who upgraded by adding Tyree Kill going shorter and speedier the Patriots are going bigger and faster on the outside they drafted Tyquan Thornton in the second round out of Baylor and now second year seventh rounder Trey Nixon, according to Mike Reese, has been the standout of camp to date. So, gentlemen, what are our thoughts? Uh, initially, I'll throw it to you first, Shime, on the Patriots wide receiver room the second year for Mac Jones. Yeah, as per is on brand for me, uh, I'm relatively down on this group. I don't love it. <laughs> I mean, it's it seems to be a kind of redundant at this point when you ask me questions about this team. Uh, but, no, it's – like they have a lot of guys that are fine to good. Like it's not, there's, there's no, there's clearly no alpha. There's no stud. There's no Devante. There's no Steph Diggs. There's none of that on this team, right? The closest thing you're going to get is the one season Devante Parker had what three years ago. 2019. Yeah, where, yep. Yeah. Where he had 16.7 yards per reception. He had over 1200 yards and nine touchdowns. Right. And that was the only full season he even played in his entire career as well. So I'm just not confident that he can stay on the field, which is why I don't think that number in particular is replicable. It's similar to kind of Nelson Aguilar, right? He had a career high in Oakland or Vegas. You bring him in. He's not going to get you that career high again. It's not necessarily what he is to his core. And so ultimately I, I think you have reliable guys in guys like Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne. I think those are guys that are really valuable to the roster. Unfortunately, I don't see either one of them being a legitimate number one receiver. I'm not sure if last year was Kendrick Bourne's ceiling. I want to see more of it. I want to see him replicate that again. Uh, and I think Jacoby Myers, like Hunter Henry, is a very known commodity, right? If you throw him the football, he's going to catch it. He's not going to get you a ton of yards after catch. He's not going to be great in the red zone, but he's going to be good on third down, third and six, third and seven. He's going to be reliable. Anything you throw his way, he's going to scoop up. So ultimately, I think this receiver group is fine. But it's it's by no means elite or even close to that. Well, we have the perfect guy on today's podcast of Six Rings to be the antidote, the salve, the bomb, the panacea to your fine to goodish, <laughs> semi-negative on-brand shine. I won't say attack, but analysis of the Patriots wide receiver room. And by the way, my nickname for Jacoby Myers, I like to call him the discount Slim Reaper because he's basically... Uh, Devante Smith at about 40 cents on the dollar. And that's good enough for the New England Patriots. As we discussed Saturday on actual WEI FM, Kyrie, we sort of were hive mind and had a, a group think or feeling about the Patriots wide receiver room, which seemed to go over so well that we actually got a national shout out from Bill Simmons, the former Boston sports guy, which we appreciate very much. So 
Kyrie, could you explain why you think this room of fine to good guys could actually be an asset for the Patriots evolving offensive attack? Well, it's an interesting thing because I think all in all, I mean, yeah, I think Shimes, uh, you know, kind of critique is, you know, more or less on the notes. I mean, fine to good. And, and I think that, right, when you see other teams load up on talent, like, you know, like the Miami Dolphins have done, right, with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, and, and two, two of the, if not like the two fastest receivers in the league. Like, I mean, and that, don't that, sleep on Cedric Wilson, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have the Bills, where you've got, you know, Stefan Diggs is obviously the big one, but then Gabriel Davis and Isaiah mm. McKenzie, right? And, and and just kind of these nice little, you know, packages. And then you have the Patriots where it's like, okay, I, I've heard so many people say that like they're they're horrible, right? And it's just it's like, no, they they really aren't. But I'll tell you this, right? When I, I was just playing around with this before we hop on, and you go to pro football focus and you can like um you know adjust for wide receiver grades per like minimum snaps, right? If you take away the receivers last year that only got like a handful of snaps, like Nikhil Harry, Gunnar Olszewski, Christian Wilkerson, you mm-hmm. basically had three receivers that did anything of worth. And that's Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, and the other one who is escaping me right now for some reason, Nelson Aguilar. That's what probably makes sense because he didn't do a whole lot. <laughs> didn't um, do a whole. No, he didn't. So, nope. so, so that was it, right? That is a huge personnel problem. And so I think what what they've done this year, and, and I've heard people say, yeah, it's a lateral move to bring in Devontae, uh, Devontae Parker. I was about to say Adams, but it's like to bring in Devontae Parker. Yeah, he's not a, a true number one. He's a one B probably at his best, I would say. But again, when you have a whole stable full of number two ish receivers, well, unless the other team has a whole lot of shut down corners, then somebody's going to be open, right? There's going to be some matchup that you can take advantage of as long as you scheme it up well. And I think that they have enough variety in this receiver room. You've got speed guys, right? You've got, you've got Aguilar and you've got Tyquan Thornton, depending on how much you use him. It'll probably be like, he'll be on a pitch count, right? You've got Devonte Parker who assuming health is that big bodied guy. You always wanted Nikhil Harry to be, but mm-hmm. he actually has a track record when he's when he's on the field. It's not like, oh, yeah, we really hope we're going to get something from you that we haven't seen before. Like, no, you've seen it with Devontae Parker. We saw it in minicamp. We've seen it against the Patriots. Um, like, so he, he is a commodity, a known commodity when he's on the field. And then you have, you know, kind of your possession slot guy in Jacoby Myers, who was targeted an insane amount last year compared to everybody else. Like, people were like, oh, yeah, you've got to get the, the binky for Mac Jones. It's like. He was already there. It's Jacoby Myers, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to be there for another season. And then you've got the move him around, do it all kind of guy in Kendrick Bourne who played, you know, both both him and Myers moved around a ton last year between the slot and outside. It was really only Nelson Aguilar that was pigeonholed into being an outside receiver. And that's not his best usage. So if you have Devontae Parker, that means you can now do things that you could not do or would not do with Nelson Aguilar last year. That's and right. I mean, you saw it and I saw it in practice when you move Nelson Aguilar around, he's pretty effective and you get him in matchup situations that he can take advantage of. And you get to use the run after the catch ability that you really didn't get a chance to see last year. So I think that when you put the whole thing together, again, this is this is there's a lot of ifs because so much of it is going to be about health. Because if Devontae Parker gets hurt again, well, then you're back to square one. 
right? And you're going to be mm-hmm. asking things about, you know, of Tyquan Thornton that maybe he's ready to contribute, maybe he's not. But if Devontae Parker's on the field, I think that this receiver room could be and really has to be greater than the sum of its parts. I think that's what the Patriots are going for here. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, I, I am also a proponent and subscriber to the idea that they can be greater than the sum of their parts because they operate in a complementary capacity where there's not a lot of redundancy of the particular skill sets of the different receivers, which may make for an effective deployment of pass catchers in this offense that we've heard is changing a little bit. And we can't wait to see how it changes more. Kyrie, a few more of your camp thoughts in just a minute, but I wanted to share this from Mike Tannenbaum who has done an excellent job with the 33rd team, a website we've gone to once and often in getting our tiered breakdowns of different positional groups and skill players in the NFL. Said Tannenbaum of Devontae Parker, who he helped draft with the Dolphins uh, a ways back, quote, you're getting someone who can win on the outside. Big catch radius and good at high pointing the ball. Really effective with in-breaking routes and in the red zone. He's a very likable, fun-loving person who's a great teammate, always smiling, never had a bad day. So those are two things you know are going to go over well both in what seems to be an upbeat and fun locker room, continuing to develop personality and chemistry as it becomes more of the Mac Jones locker room and less of the Slater McCourty previous Tom Brady Super Bowl champion locker room. Now, here's my, uh, before we get to Kendrick Bourne and more of those camp thoughts, I just want to ask you this question. Shime, how much of this wide receiver room do you think is a product of just their outright ability versus what one AFC executive told um, Jeremy Fowler at ESPN that last year, Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick had the restrictor plates and the granny panties on Mac Jones. So if they let him open it up and they get after it more aerially this season, do we think this wide receiver room can do more and they'll look better than what most people have them as the 20th to 25th best receiver room in the league? Maybe I'm not, I'm not entirely convinced. Like I think you can get a little bit more. You you might be able to squeeze a little bit more out of Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne, but I think they're pretty close to their ceiling ultimately. Right. I mean, they both had over 800 yards last year or uh, Kendrick Bourne had exactly 800 yards. So I don't think you're going to get thousand yard receives receiving yard seasons out of those two guys. Um, and so ultimately it's going to come down in my opinion to Devonte Parker. Um, and, Personally, I just I don't love the way he fits with the Patriots. Um, I just think that historically you don't see a lot of those. I just I personally don't like, I guess, is is those contested catch guys. He's a guy that doesn't catch the ball like he gets targeted a ton, but he only catches less than 60 percent of his balls almost every year. Only two times in his what seven year career. He's had over a 60 percent catch rate. I mean, you look at guys like Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers, they are consistently over 65%, if not into the 70s. I mean, Kendrick Bourne last year was catching 78% of his passes, which is efficiency. And to me, that is what would indicate great receiver talent. It's showing separation. It's showing the ability to be open. And Mac Jones just has to put it in that area. Um, and so, but Devonte Parker doesn't have that. He has to be like a 50, 50 ball winner. I just don't see the explosion enough out of him. He's tall. He's big. Yeah, I get it. I just don't like the fit of that, especially in the current state of the NFL. I don't think receivers like that win all that often, unless you're Mike Evans, right? Like I, you have to be not just bigger, but bigger and stronger than everybody else. And in today's NFL, that's so much difficult to do, so much more difficult to do than it used to be. 
right? So in today's NFL, it's really more about creating separation. And I just don't think Devontae Parker does a good enough job with that. No, so, he doesn't. He's typically in the lower end of the league in terms of separation. But he's tied for like, last. He, he was tied. Yeah, actually, okay. So when I say lower part of the league, set. yeah, he's not great at that. But to me, it, in a lot of ways, it was like, all right, Harry, you stink. You suck. You got to go. We, neither the pool nor the pond for you. We're all set. Thank, please, thanks. And we'll take the L on that one. So bring in Devontae Parker. I think you mentioned it up top, Shime. This is a, I'm going to go get a slightly more experienced albeit sometimes fragile version of you who I can actually count on to be in the right spot and try to go up and get those consistent catches and make the 50 50 plays that he's just not been able to do because he just doesn't get it. It's not there from left ear to right. And, and so I just think it's, it's almost even more so a pre like he almost seems like a precursor to Tyquan Thornton, right? It's he's inserted now as you wait for Thornton to develop a little bit because Thornton has the speed to separate, but also has a little bit of size to him where he can kind of go up and get a football. Um, so in a way, I feel like he is the precursor to what eventually Tyquan Thornton's role will be. I just don't think Parker is going to be uh good enough basically uh, outright to 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 really succeed in this offense all right Kyrie, tell them what you think about what uh parker could do and also share that camp action on what you saw in taekwon thornton oh definitely um so when it when it comes to Devonte parker right yeah I, I just mentioned this i believe on, on yep. next gen stats he's actually tied for last in the league with like 1.6 yards of average separation on his routes so absolutely he's not he's not a big he's not a fast guy right he's he's, he's a big maybe decent speed guy mid-speed guy right but i mean i was just looking this up you know on, on pro football focus i mean his his catch percentage against man coverage is like 42 percent, right so yeah you're gonna you're less than half of the time so you're gonna see you know him you know see a lot of press coverage right they're gonna fight with you and stuff like that now i think that all in all like you could say that his being here is actually a decent fit if you, if you want to make that argument because more of what he does down the ballot so to speak right because now you're using nelson Aguilar to occupy safeties and get you more one-on-ones against favorable you know, favorable matchups because they were doing that with Aguilar last year. But when he faced more man coverage on the outside and just straight up one-on-ones, that's tougher for him. As a matter of fact, you know, just looking at how they were receiving versus different concepts, Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne were just about the same versus man and zone, right? And I think Kendrick Bourne was actually a little bit better against man coverage than he was against zone. Um, whereas Nelson Aguilar was clearly worse against man versus zone and i think a lot of that had to op had to do with the lack of space that he had to operate with when you when you put him outside the number so now if you kick him inside that arguably makes things a little bit it makes it a bit harder to key on Devonte parker when you can when you have to worry about speed down the middle of the field it, it kind of just like draws defenders you know against your will sort of towards that direction like oh man like i might have to help over here in like a cover three situation or even like in in you know man coverage like if you are you know reading the if you're in a situation where it's like okay like i have to defend this guy a certain way because i don't want to get beat down the middle of the field or get beat deep and i think with with parker like yeah those 50 50 balls are they're low percentage plays i mean 50 50 you want to do better than that right mm -hmm. and so it, it absolutely has to be a thing where, you know, you, you need those other guys to kind of step up and take away some of the pressure. It's got to work both ways. And 
you know, you'll, you'll see a, a theme with this team that they're better against zone coverage because it naturally gives you a little bit more space and a little bit more cushion. So I'll be interested to see kind of how it's going to function with, with other teams. How are they going to try to defend them? Are they going to try right. to get up in their faces? Are they going to try to take people away versus man coverage? Are they going to give help to Parker or Aguilar or Bourne, right? Like, like kind of where does the coverage rotate with this team? And I think that will have a lot to do with how effective Parker and, and you know, some of these other guys are. You mentioned Tyquan Thornton. I think that's, that's a good point mm -hmm. because Tyquan Thornton has the, the height. He doesn't have the size yet, the raw size, but he has the height and the general skill set to eventually be an outside receiver, a guy that you put out there more often. And, you know, if you want to talk about one thing that Devontae Parker does really well, slants. Devontae Parker is, is a is a very good option for slant routes because he can kind of box defenders out. And Thornton is good. He was good at that in college. Maybe not necessarily boxing out, but his speed was such a problem. But he also knew how to throttle it down and, and beat those spaces against zone. I mean, he's a he's a tough person to to catch like as as, you know, kind of slight a frame as he is. His feet are really good off the line of scrimmage. So, yeah, I think that he is kind of the the successor to what Devonte Parker currently is. And again, you saw this in the I saw this a little bit with Thornton, whether he was matched up in the slot versus outside. If he beats you, you're in trouble immediately. Right. And, and and you can't catch up to him. You have to help when like when you're in, in zone coverage, like if you've got a slot corner on him in man coverage, the safety over the top has to go towards him. If if he immediately gets beat, otherwise that is that's a touchdown. That is a potential touchdown. Is he, he missed... really that fast? Like we all think like, oh, no Patriot receiver. We don't deal with speed in Foxborough. We're not yeah. that familiar with guys that are just flat out burners. Is it like, oh, he's a little bit faster or are we talking like guys, we haven't seen speed like this, like just shift straight, run like an arrow, the flash style speed. I've, I've referenced this play a couple of times and I want to break it down a little bit more. Okay. So there was a play where Tyquan Thornton's running with the scout team receivers and he's got Brian Hoyer throwing him the ball. He lines up in the slot against miles Bryant and within possibly not even a half of second, he already has Miles Bryant torched at the line of scrimmage and he and he's stacking him. Now, I, I mean, it's we kind of talk about this with Thornton. It's not just the straight line speed. His immediate acceleration is elite. Like it's tight, Ty, it's wow. Tyreek. His his speed profile is Tyreek Hill level. This is not a joke. This is for real. And he stacks Miles Bryant within a second. And then he starts striding it out. And, and when I say that, like, he made people look like they were walking, I'm not kidding. Like, I mean, yeah, Miles Bryant's not very fast, right? But, but I mean, he made everybody in his immediate vicinity look like they were, they were going at, like, you know, 75% speed. He's just striding up the field. Hoyer puts it out there for him a little bit far, actually, and, and Thornton um, makes the catch. It was a nice kind of little diving, sliding catch. Yeah, you would love to see him stay on his feet. But I mean, that was kind of a tough ball to corral and the safety just, just couldn't get over there fast enough. Nobody could. And so you're looking at a situation where if you put this guy on the field in a situation where you want to take a shot midfield, you know, 40 yard line, what have you, he, um, you have to know that this guy is probably going to go deep. And if you're not paying attention and Mac Jones hits him, you're done. It's over. It is a touchdown because he's probably not dropping the ball. And if he catches it, you're not going to catch him. 
That's the it. big issue there, though, is Mac Jones struggles with deep balls. All so, right. See, here we go. I'm just saying. I got it here. I was about to say, like, all right, very good. Kyrie brings to the table the idea that maybe Devontae Parker will open Can't things up for Nelson Aguilar and other people to go to the slot in their natural spots and try to pick apart soft spots and zones. You may have a decent 50-50 contested catch guy. Oh, and by the way, now we've got downright straight up ridiculous superhero speed, which will open up things all over the formation. And Shime comes crashing back in, like turning the lights on. Like, you gotta, sorry, you guys, let us know where we stand. Sorry, guys, party's over. Yeah, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I understand that. <laughs> I when am we the, get to I breaking the down the quarterbacks, stocking, we'll talk we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to see if that could happen. We'll see if this has a positive impact going forward. We're running a little long with this segment. Last quick thoughts, because there's two other things on the agenda, if you will. I'm going to throw it at you for a little zip take, Shime, and then we'll hit you with one last one, Kyrie. Kendrick Bourne, I dug up some audio that I included in the Sunday 7 at WEI.com. I found from a random football podcast, the Stacking the Box podcast, Shime, that Kendrick Bourne believes he can be more effective carrying the ball this year, would like the ball a little more, and when pressed by the host of that podcast, that he could potentially be like his former teammate, Debo Samuel, he thinks maybe he could be a little more like Debo and be an offensive weapon and not just a wide receiver. Do you believe in it? And would you like to see it shine? Quick take. I'm glad he thinks that. I appreciate the confidence. Don't don't think you're going to because they are this team already has two great running backs. I don't think you need to do like put your receiver in danger like that. Have him do what he does best and be a wide receiver. Fair enough. And Mr. Thompson. Mike Reese, like I said in the open, says Trey Nixon to date, the wide receiver out of, I want to say, Central Florida, seventh rounder, last selection ever by Ernie Adams last year, has opened eyes, caught everything thrown at him, including quips, headlines in the phone book this preseason, or rather during camp time. Do you believe he'll actually make the team, and what potential impact could Trey Nixon have on the 2022 Patriots? So for right now, and this is projection based off of what we might see in training camp. I mean, we've seen, and I've seen this before in other training camps, like the Chicago Bears uh, back in 2016. They had a guy named Daniel Braverman who was killing everybody and making catches all over the place. I remember him. Everyone said he belonged on the Patriots and he went to the Bears and I was bummed for a minute, but then I got over it because he wasn't very good. Yeah, he went to Central Michigan and and, and all of that and he came out in, in kind of a similar profile and was lighting it up in camp, just didn't have it when, when the pads were on. And so I'm I'm looking toward a little bit more of that. Uh, I right now have Ty Montgomery maybe sneaking onto the team because Ooh. he has a little bit more experience in both dual, you know, in, in running back and receiver roles, especially if you don't have James White to start the season. I could see them trying to find him a spot one way or another, and that might kick Nixon off. I will say this. He was the best receiver all told at camp that I saw. And, and that's not to say that all the other receivers were bad. He was really just making plays like that. So it, right now I'm looking at him as a strong possibility to compete for this roster. And if he does make it, I mean, it would probably be kind of a limited role. He might not dress all of the time. Uh, but I think that when he's on the field, you see the quickness, he gets open, constantly he's been reliable with his hands he was not necessarily reliable with his hands last year when we saw him in practice um so i see a much improved player and i think that again if he were to make the team this would be like a faster quicker maybe more yak version of a jacoby myers 
Ooh, which may factor into how they've only given Jacoby Myers his RFA tender this year and have not given him the long-term extension. I think he is seeking out and other people believe he may get and or has earned on the team. So there's one to watch for you. All right, guys, I'm just sort of surmising as we wrap this segment. The worst you'll get from the Patriots receiver room is a slightly enhanced version of last year. The best we may get is, like we said, a lot of number twos working in tandem, complementing each other. Maybe we get 14 games out of Devontae Parker, some big outside catches, contested 50-50s, open space for your tight ends and other receivers, and wouldn't we just love, oh, I can't wait to lose my shorts and my lunch if Tyquan Thornton goes deep and catches some burner speed balls, a little hero ball down the field this year. But like Shime reminded us, it just depends on the arm strength and accuracy of one Michael McCorkle Mac Jones. That'll do for the wide receiver. (laughs) <laughs> that'll do great shine invitation too. that'll do for the wide receiver breakdown of course if you have questions you would like to ask us at any point you can always send us an email six rings pod that's the number six six rings pod at gmail and give us a follow please wouldn't you at six rings pod tell your friends about the podcast we're on spotify apple pods pod bean stitcher and wherever podcasts are found and sold Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Moving on with segment number two here on this edition of the Six Rings Pod. Yep. Uh, you know, I don't want to believe it. I don't think anyone wants to believe it because it was tough enough to swallow with Tom becoming Tampa and then Gronk joining his tutty buddy down there for Tommy and Gronky. Though Gronk is done now, I'm still not completely believing it. And one of the ways I think Gronk could potentially take that call, like his agent Drew Rosenhaus talked about or joked about last week come November, would be if one... Julian Edelman, Bubs, Minitron, The Squirrel, JE11, Edelmania. If he actually is serious with these comments he has recently made about continuing to run routes, about trying to tune his body up football style, that he, what was the, what was it that he uh, does it, that his body is right now that he's taken off a year of actual contact in football, but he definitely is behind where he knows he would normally and should be. He hasn't ruled it out. If he comes back, he says it would probably be or should be with the Patriots. 
But if he comes back, one, the potential legacy tarnishing could be vicious for his brand. And two, I hate to say it, as much as I love the guy, as much as I love his whole family and everything about what he stood for and what he meant to the second half of the double dynastic run, gentlemen, and we'll start with you, Kyrie. I don't think there's a spot for him if a reasonably healthy 36-year-old year off the tires, Julian Edelman, were to come back to the NFL. Do you think he means it? And where do you think he would end up if he actually is serious about a potential NFL return? I think that, I mean, as of right now, like I, I took those comments to say when he, he was saying that he feels, you know, kind of behind and he's not getting as much output out of his body as he used to, but he generally feels like he's better off than he was. I almost viewed that as kind of a sobering take as like a, mm. okay, yeah, maybe I would like to come back and maybe I'm going to give it a try, but I mean, this it's it's a long road and, and he feels like he's behind. He knows what it takes to play in the NFL week in and week out. And right now, I think he's he's basically saying, like, look, I'm there. I'm not there. And I don't know how long it's going to take for me to get there. Now, if he were to get to that point where he said he wanted to return, look, the Patriots receiver room is not so good and so deep necessarily that you couldn't find any spot for him i would just say that i why would you want to come back here if if your point was to you know come back for a year or two and, and try to win because the patriots in 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 my mind at least for this year they're not going to compete for a super bowl i i, I mean that's i i don't want to sound overly take. Uh, oh yeah 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 doom and gloom well, thanks just, for breaking my heart before the fourth of july at least it was yeah. an easy letdown Kyrie. yeah I'm, I'm sorry my brother but i i think it's just this this uh afc is so so tough um that even if they make the playoffs it, it might be an early exit you're talking about unless something happens so i think if if you're him why wouldn't you go to Tampa Bay? That's a better chance to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, and but doesn't that back, make why... him like the ultimate traitor? Like Mr. Foxborough forever in the in, I in mean, the retirement speech. That's why like, I'm saying he's going to have to change it to temporarily Tampa. Like that's yeah. so, that's such a dumb, oh, that would be so stupid on his part to go do that. Like I would be, that would hurt more than like Gronk leaving because there was friction between Gronk and this organization uh, for a couple of years, right? Like Bella, there were rumors that Belichick had wanted to trade him to Detroit and all that stuff. Cause he, he was acting like a fun. fool complaining about his contract. Did that effing yeah, but, motocross but, presser. Oh, me go vroom, vroom. Like, no, you Edelman get, you was always, Edelman yeah. was always a Foxborough guy. He was a foxhole guy. Like that's the right. guy when you were a new England Patriot, that's the guy you wanted to get in the foxhole with. And, and he stood for that. He was that he, he had, he stayed to his word where he's like, I'm only going to play as a Patriot. And yep. so to go to think the, to have the idea that he would leave and go to Tampa would make him one of the most one of the most traitorous people ever. Like it was fine when Ray Bork left and went and played for the Avalanche because he couldn't win in Boston. It's fine if if I mean the Patriots didn't pay Tom Belichick wouldn't pay Tom Brady, so Tom Brady friggin' left. Like they wouldn't choose Brady over Belichick here. And mm -hmm. so he left. I can't really hold that against him. They weren't going to win with John Brock. Lester. They traded him. We hated it. They should have paid him as well. Yeah. There's been a, so million, there's, there's been a million different examples. And I is, agree. This is a scenario where if he leaves, that's just total traitor. And he's, and he's learned everything about like image making and the traitor. brand and the brand building from Brady. And that's the whole thing about his production company and always being super handsome now and being on TV, being an analyst and, 
you know, he's he's like been sired by Brady and he's a product of the two of them, of Brady and Belichick, really. And of course, like the the grit and balls approach that his dad, the, the legend of Frank Edelman, took raisin bubs. But I'll say this. The one way now I've sort of figured out how he could do it and still try to soften the blow, if it actually happens, if it's more than just a sobering reality check, Kyrie, and if he is trying to tune his body up for a potential comeback, it's this. He goes to the Patriots and says, Bill, coach, everyone, I'm ready. I'd like to give it one more try. And Bill says, I got 11 receivers. I got to try to figure out already who my five or six best are. While I would love to give you a victory lap, reunion tour, whatever, there's just no room for you here, guy. As great as you could be, as much as you could add, no matter how dependable you might be for Mac. So, you know, it's probably not going to work out. They do the whole thing where it's like, sorry, it's not going to. I tried. They trade his rights elsewhere. And he says to everybody, I just wanted to play again. Bill gave me his blessing. And then he goes down to Tampa. Yeah. And then, yeah, exactly. And then I vomit through my eyes. No, it's here's the thing. Like, I don't. I, he just stay retired. Enough of this. I'm I'm getting sick and tired of retiring and unretiring. Tell him, tell him, let him hear it, Sean. Let him hear it. Fitzy, I am losing my ever loving mind. If you're going to retire, stay retired. If you're not, then just keep playing. It's not that hard. Chris, take Chelios, a break. Don't say retired. Don't, like, yes, re- whatever like, it is. Say be- you're outright. Say you're just going to take a year okay, off. Okay. 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 Look, look, hold up, oh. hold up, hold up. All right. Look. You can't you can't just be new saying, segment on the like, show. OK, just, hold like, up. Like, do this because because it's because it's my expectation of you. It's like, no, look, man, like they retired. I mean, like, look, like Rob Rob Gronkowski. Like, yeah, I get that. Like, oh, like if you trade me to if you trade me to the Lions, I'm going to retire. Like, OK, that's kind of that's that's a little funny. Um, it's and, and basically it's reverse like, okay. Barry Sanders. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> I mean, it's like, look, man, like this dude, you know, as he as he mentioned on that show, it was just like, look, I played through all kind of stuff just to be out there every Sunday. And he really kicked his own ass to be on the field. And, and the toll that takes on you, I mean, it's rough. And it's like some of these guys, they want to keep playing, but physically they can't. And then it's like, OK, you know what? I'm going to retire. I'm going to I'm going to sit out. And then it's like you really get that itch to play like we can't dictate that kind of thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Now, that, that's that's not for us to do. And, and I think that when it comes to Edelman, like, like, yeah, I think that after him being Foxborough forever and all that, like, yeah, it would be a, a kind of a gut punch or a slap in the face for, you know, fans of these parts for him to just be like, just straight up like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna go play in Tampa with Tom. Like, yeah, that would kind of suck from his standpoint, though. And, and again, this, this is just purely, you know, thinking of it from his perspective, like, yeah, you go ahead and you play, uh, you know, for. Like you, you decide you want to come back and play. If you want to win, you go to Tampa. Like that, that's just me being real about it. Now, I, I will say that again, like if you do care about your image and you care about how you look around here, then yeah, maybe you do just stay retired, right? If, if you don't want to go through the slings and arrows of it. But no, nah, man, I'm not about this whole like, oh yeah, like if you're if you're gonna be done, then just be done forever. Like that's not always how these guys are wired, and they need to, you know, be allowed to make that decision for themselves, no matter what we think about it. How many times have we been told by other players? That the second, I think I've heard Fourier say it, maybe Ninkovich, like a bunch of players still friendly with the radio station, the team, the area, et cetera. They've all said that when the season's over, the first thing you're thinking is like, man, I got to quit this game. I'm done. I'm retiring. Like that's their first thought almost every offseason. Like I'm not getting back into this. I can't go through it. So, you know, 
retirement is a real possibility. And then you spend some time with your kids. You take a vacation. You get the feeling back in your hips, toes, head, and heart. And you're like, oh, I don't know. It's still kind of like football. I kind of want it. And you know what relentless, psychopathic, aggressive, hyper surreal competitors Brady and Edelman are. to want to play this game. I know. And Julian Edelman is just that level of insane. Bananas. And that's why I think. Before, when he had mentioned it, I always thought he was just like keeping his name in the headlines, making sure he showed up on Google searches, getting the likes and clicks and the trending, uh, you know, vibe that he wants. Like, oh, he's still relevant. Now I'm thinking, you know what? There's a chance. So uh, let's wrap it with this. Let's put a percentage on it just so we can hold ourselves accountable to it. Or if and when it does or doesn't happen, we can revisit this. I'm going to say there's a 20% chance, 20%. I'll be sitting on a beach earning 20%. 20% chance Julian Edelman returns or tries to return to the NFL this season. Chime? So you you know me. I like to eat. So I'm going to break it up into a percentage pie, if you will. Uh, I think there's about a 4% chance. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, Shime's going to open a place. that's like part Kumon learning center and also part cafe for, for guys who love to eat. It's going to be called percentage pies. Yes. Percentage pies, 4% chance the pay. He comes back and plays for the Patriots. I would say about a 21% chance. He comes back and plays. Did you just prices right? My ass by going up 21% over 20. (laughs) No, no, no. no, Cause I wanted to make that the return of the NFL at even 25. So 4% Patriots, 21% Tampa Bay, and then 75% chance he stays retired. All right, Kyrie, what do you got? Yeah, I'm probably going to, yeah, be right in there sort of. I, I don't know. Honestly, there's a part of me that wants to go even lower than that. I think that it's probably like, you know, closer to like 15, 16% he actually comes back and plays. And then, yeah, I would say like 10%, he goes back to the, he goes to the Bucks, and like 5%, he goes back to the Patriots. I just don't know, man. He might want to do this, but I, I think that, do you think he's just thirst trapping us, basically? I mean, I I feel like, and again, I thought this back when he was you know running some routes with Brady like earlier this year. That yeah, I think he probably really does have that itch. He's probably not being completely idle minded about it. Like, oh yeah, maybe I'll I'll come back. I think that there's a part of him that really wants to see if he can do it. But then, like when he you know potentially comes and does like like when it comes down to it, it's just like. Do I think I can be good enough to play? Right? He he won't be good enough to play like like Julian Edelman, you know, from like what six seven years ago. And I wonder how much of that is going to give him pause in the end. Like, man, I could play, but I can't be me. And I feel like to an extent, it's like, yeah, these guys are great and they want to play and they want to win, but they also they they want to be themselves. They want to perform at a high level. They want to be among the best. And if he can't be among the best, I'm just not sure that he's going to want to do this and put himself through this for a whole other year. And then at the end of it, be like, damn, I got my ass kicked again. Am I, was it worth it? Yes. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and find out if his relentless spirit will allow him to be 100% Julian Edelman again for segment two on six rings pod. I'm hack Hackman and that's your sorts. (laughs) 
Uh, I'm Jack Hackman. I'm Hack Sportsman, and that's your segment. I just wanted to make sure that I wove in every autobiographical title I possibly could, both the book with Tommy Kern and, of course, his self-produced documentary that aired on Showtime. Hope you guys have been enjoying today's show, Six Rings Pod, at Six Rings Pod, and, of course, Six Rings Pod at Gmail. If you want to give us an email, you can also follow all of us, the individual personalities, both the temporary and permanent fixtures of the program. It's at Fitzy GFY, at Shime Time, and Katie Thompson 5. Number five is alive indeed. We thank Kyrie Thompson for joining us today, filling in for Andy Hart, who is on <clears throat> permanent vacation. <laughs> hey, it's Fitzy from Six Rings and Football Things. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of the day. Your weekly source for all things New England Patriots, right on time. Your time. In the car, navigate the streets of the NFL offseason with wisdom in your ear. We accompany every errand you need to run. Washing the windows or vacuuming the carpets? Don't just clean, conquer. Podcasts make you more productive because we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow Six Rings and Football Things in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, Bruins fans. Looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Prue. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. One more segment to go here on the Six Rings pod. This is what we like to call Pat's Potpourri, the Pat's Puri. Just your random little news notes, nuggets, and nonsense from around the National Football League and everything else swirling around Patriots Nation. Gentlemen, Mac Jones back in the news, or at least there's been some Mac Jones chatter. A couple little tidbits. Uh, We saw that Janu Smith, Janu, until he actually makes a positive impact on the Patriots, said uh, in a recent interview on Good morning, football, uh, that Mac has some dog in him. And while he's goofy as hell in the locker room, the natural leadership instincts are not to be messed with. He is to be reckoned with and will be a force on the football field this year. And while I saw, I'm not exactly sure if I wasn't sure if it was pro football focus or someone else had Mac as the 25th best fantasy quarterback. There was a little something from at ML football Two. An unnamed AFC executive said he is in on Mac for the MVP race this year. Where are we with all, you know, actually Kyrie, no, Shyam, I know where no, you are with this. I need to, Ever, I need to address I've, this immediately. As, all right. If you address this immediately, if you'll feel better, we'll get a real take from Kyrie, but do your, fine. Here, fine. Here's a quick zip fine. take and then Kyrie can jump zip in. It. Okay. All right. Fine. Uh, quick zip take. Do you remember the last quarterback they pumped up in the media? Don't get, if you're going to give me Stidham Garrett time. Stidham. I I don't care what anyone Patriots has to say. Patriots love Jared, Jared Stidham. Stidham. And then Are Mike you Rusinifying this? You no, no, no. Mike Reese did it too. I played I the clip today for Ken Laird, who's also all geeked up about – that was his lead today, was you retweeting that damn tweet from some unblue checkmarked account. And, and so, I, like, just dial it the hell back. Like Peter Schrager is now on Good Morning Football just this morning because Jason McCourty was on. Also gassing up Mac Jones saying like Good. him, Bill Bill Simmons, and some other guy I don't even know are the only people like pumping up Mac Jones. Like, no kidding. Dial it back. It, take the guy completely out of it. Like, 
Look at everything that's around him. You have a new offensive coordinator who's never called plays, an offensive line with a couple question marks, and a receiver room that doesn't have a true number one receiver when all of the top teams in the NFL have a legitimate number one receiver. So ultimately, like I, I don't know how you expect anyone to to participate or even come close to an MVP race with those kind of questions around him. I will cede the rest of my time to Kyrie. All right. We, we yield uh, the good, the good gentleman from the morning program has yielded his time to Mr. Thompson who joins us on the program today in place of Mr. Hart, Mr. Kyrie Thompson from wei.com. What say you, sir, about the burgeoning legend of McCorkle Jones in Foxborough? I mean, I think that, yeah, the talk about him potentially being an MVP candidate is a little much for me. Um, again, look at some of these quarterbacks that are that are in this conference that he's going to have to contend with. I mean, look at the guy who's in his own division, right? Josh can Allen. Also, can you also mention, too, like, what was that tweet? The best second-year quarterback? Did they do their research? Patrick Mahomes was an MVP his second year. Lamar Jackson was an MVP his second year. And they literally, like, lit it up. Sorry, I told me I said I would stop. Oh, that's yeah, it. You're, you I have mean, now been I mean, censured. Look. Yeah, Mr. Shime has I've been censured the for the rest of this. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had the around the horn mute button. <laughs> Mr. Thompson, I, mean, I, I think that, OK, I don't want to sit up here and compare Mac Jones second year to Patrick Mahomes or, you know, Lamar Jackson, because I mean, Patrick Mahomes just walked into a playoff team right immediately. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, I, yeah, in, in his first season, obviously he has more physical talent and he can throw the ball over the moon and, and, and all of that. And Lamar Jackson is one of the most dynamic quarterbacks that we have seen in the last I don't even decade like decades it's been right since like Michael Vick in terms of just like raw dynamic skill. Right. So I don't know that it's fair to be like, Oh yeah, look at what those guys did. But I think that again, when you talk about what, yeah, the, the, the question marks around him, I think are, are fair to bring up. I don't know that I'm as hung up on them, not having a true number one receiver as other people are, because I feel like that again is a little bit too much relative comparison to other teams as opposed to like, look, they have a solid receiving core that again, you know, you're, you're counting on them to be greater than the sum of their parts. And then you also want to see like, can I get more from Hunter Henry and, and John U. Smith? I, I think that we just have to judge, you know, Mac Jones based off of, you know, again, just, just what he is, which is already a solid high floor quarterback in the NFL. Do we need to make him an MVP candidate? No, not really, because I mean, again, it, I think that there's this kind of fetishization of the oh, the way he he's a pure pocket passer that reminds us of the old days and things like that. Like, yeah, that that's that's great, that's wonderful, and and I mean, I think that he will get better this year because I think that he already looks better, right? We keep bringing up the you know the the, the deep ball and and the fact that he was not a deep a good deep ball thrower last year. He threw a and, high amount of uncatchable balls and slimming and, down you know, and working with yeah. Tom House and the and the arm strength, all assets, all the kinds of things that we as Pats fans and or Mac Jones fans wanted to see in the offseason, Kyrie. And we're both believers in the idea that it can be a wide receiver room of compliments and the benefit of a bunch of guys that don't have a redundance of talents and are true number twos will open things up for Mac. How much more do you think? I love that. First of all, I love that you said uh, if they can get more from John o. Smith, that would suppose that he actually does something, something. positive for the team. <laughs> Anything from John o. Smith would be the appropriate phrasing. And also, uh, what do you think the scheme change real quick on this before we get to a couple of other nugs in the segment? What 
do you think the potential scheme adjustment or scheme change could do for him and the evolution of these backs? Because I think I'm a huge Damian Harris guy, and I think you and I both, Kyrie, believe that Ramondre Stevenson could be the Ramonster this year, uh, especially if they're going to go with that Shanahanified, Shanahanified offense. I think that, you know, again, the idea of doing more kind of outside zone play action could really help Jonu Smith because, again, it's a matter of when you get the defense flowing entirely one direction and then you go ahead and leak Jonu Smith out, it's like that gives him potentially you know, room to run. You catch the ball in the flat and you let him do what he does best it is, is, you know, catch the ball and rack up yak. And I mean, I think you could see that a little bit last year, even with the, the scheme that they had, you know, the, the power and, and, you know, gap play action stuff when they pull their guards and really, really sell run hard, like they, that they were going to, you know, do power one way. And then John Smith and Hunter Henry were open a lot. So, I mean, I think that arguably they need to do a little bit more of that. I mean, Mac Jones wasn't the greatest play action passer in the world last year, but they just spent so much time, you know, running things out of no play action sets. I, I feel like if you, if you utilize that more, especially since the Patriots do have a good run game, you don't have to have a good run game to, to be good at play action or run play action. But the fact that you have a good run game probably means you should do that a little bit more. And I feel like if you are, you know, booting Mac Jones out, you know, and, and just again, getting defenses to commit to the run, you know, in, in, in one direction, I feel like that could really be great for, for Janu as opposed to just be like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll throw him the ball on a comeback or like the occasional play action and then give him the occasional handoff. Like that just wasn't enough. It wasn't creative enough. And I'm not really sure why that was. I think some of it might've been a chemistry issue with Mac. I think that their chemistries looked a lot better in the practices that I've seen them. And Mac is really trusting him like, Hey man, I think you've got a one-on-one -on -one that you can win. I'm just going to throw it up there. And John, who's coming down with it. Right. So I think that there could be that. I also yeah. think that just generally mm -hmm. when it, when it comes down to, you know, using the running backs, I've had people say like, ah, I don't know know if they could run outside zone because you know damian harris and ramondre steve like stevenson don't have great speed you don't need great speed to be a good outside zone running back yeah it's nice if you can get the corner and like burn it up but what you really need is good vision and good feet and ramondre stevenson has that for sure and i think even damian harris he's a good one cut guy he doesn't mess around he presses the line of scrimmage and then he's like i'm getting downhill and he goes he does have pretty good speed in terms of when he's got the ball in his hands so i think that even if you don't transition fully to being like a zone team just mixing that in more is going to help him and it's going to help the tight ends as well quick Absolutely. positive mac jones note oh wait uh, oh my wait hold yeah, on right curveball <laughs> it's 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 you can thank your uh, our fellow weei compatriot brian barrett uh oh, mac jones is actually Mac Jones is actually pretty successful. You can go find it on uh, Barrett's Twitter timeline. I'm not going to go dig up the tweet because it's uh, I don't I don't want to go find too, it. There's too but many of them. I know Mac Jones is actually very good out of play action. The issue with the Patriots is they just don't run it enough, right? They're not like Green Bay or any of those teams where they're running it constantly. Uh, and so ultimately, the Patriots need to run it more 
in order for Mac Jones to just get better at it because he's already pretty good at it. To his credit, already pretty good at play action. I wouldn't boot him quite as much, but regular just like in the pocket play action, he's been relatively successful. Both play action and the RPO, which he ran a ton of his senior year when he had one of the best college football which quarterbacks. Which plays to his strength, right? right? So that's what makes sense. His strength. decision And so that's what I see the offense doing this year. I see the offense playing more to his strength. It is his second year. They trust him more. He has matured. He has advanced. He is changing his body for the best. And I see the talents on this offense suited to Mac Jones's strengths. I've said it before on the pod. I will say it again. I'm here for Mac Jones season. I think he will turn some heads. I think the Pats will score more points than people think. I'm calling for over 30 touchdowns, but in the process, he will throw. I mean, that should be a baseline. Yeah. Yeah, over 30 touchdowns, but he will throw over double-digit interceptions as well. I could see like 32 tutties and 14 picks this year. I, mean, I will we'll, give you I will give you the over 30 and a half at plus 120. I mean, it. look, he he, I'll he, take threw, it. he threw for 22 touchdown passes last year and they didn't yep. let him throw the football. So I think that right. Yeah, <laughs> right. but you also have to but like I, I and I get that. I understand that, but at the same time, you're now changing offensive coordinators. To a guy I love that you think they the have a coordinator. I love that you um, think they actually have a coordinator. Yeah, right. And yeah. they've outright, or like at least the reports are. So is he going to? Is he just going to forget to call pass plays? No, but they're quote unquote <laughs> simplifying the offense, Sim- I'm, simplifying I'm not, things in, a, not, in a quarterback's second year. I'm not worried not about the direction that. you want to go. I'm, I'm not worried about that. And and I've, you should. I've said, I've said like, this. look at rookie quarterbacks I've across said, the league. Baker Mayfield, great rookie year, awful second year. Why I've, adjustment to new offensive coordinators? Sure. Oh my god! I, I mean, I mean, yeah. Bozo that can, they had like Freddie you, Kitchens calling plays and running the ship over there. Yeah, that that's a little. That I mean, I mean, you have you never should call in plays. Come on now, like it could it could be that bad but i uh, think that the josh other mcdaniels thing, had freddie kitchens in there I, I mean, too at one point. well the other thing is that yeah freddie <laughs> kitchens was McDaniel. calling the Joe plays Jackson. you know so so Fred, freddie kitchen was calling the plays but freddie kitchens was the head coach it's like you have a better overall coaching situation than what baker mayfield had so it's not entirely applicable i also just think that we're running with this whole like they're simplifying the offense and they're you know uh you know completely changing the terminology. That's not what anybody said. Okay. That they're completely changing anything. All anybody's ever said was that it was minor adjustments and minor changes, which is most likely look, Mm -hmm. we'll chop off a term here and there. And it's all about playing faster. Look, In the end, the base stuff is probably going to be the same. That's fine. But when it comes to in game, the guy calling that in game has no experience doing it. He doesn't understand the rhythm and the mechanics and the art well, it of takes offensive to call plays, offense. maybe. And I hope they yeah, exactly. allow Mac Jones but, to call we'll, more we'll of see. his own plays. We'll but see. We'll see how that works. So much more difficult to call than a defense in a lot of ways. Oh, well, and, and so, and right, which is right, which is why right. which is why they're going to try to make it a little simpler. Oh and my again, god, you guys, we can do this also, for hours. Yeah. Cool. I know we can do this for hours. That's the thing. Like we can just do a whole, we can just do an entire non three segmented hour long podcast or a whole Saturday. Afternoon, I just feel like when it comes do down soon. to it, we're, we're going to, yep. we're going to look back on this and think that we were tripping too much. I feel like I, it's happened. I, I don't it's think ha- we've it's happened enough. It, it's had, well, I mean, like we've tripped, we've tripped. <laughs> plenty, but, I've lost uh, control. Again, All I right. just, I just think that we'll we, have we've Kyrie done this back enough times. On the QB episode. We'll talk more about the offense. <laughs> There'll be offensive breakdowns. The QB episode and positional breakdowns will be counting up. Kyrie, we'll have to have you back for that one real quick. Guys, two quick ones. And then we are out. Uh, I would like for you to tell me, Deshaun Watson, I believe as we are recording this on a Tuesday, released Wednesday morning, Deshaun Watson is having his disciplinary hearing with some committee. I'm sure the commissioner's involved. Rumor is 
that the NFL is seeking at least an indef- uh, a year-long suspension, if not an indefinite suspension. I've gone on the record broadcast and podcast saying I'd like to see his ass thrown out of the league forever. So zip take prediction from both of you guys. What do you think he gets and what do you think he deserves? Yeah, I, I think the initial ruling will be a full season and then I think it will be knocked down due to the PA's arguments. I, I think the stance that they're going to take is probably the most effective one. Do I think he deserves more, a hell of a lot more? Yeah, I do. I think the guy's damn right, outright guilty. And I, I know that it wasn't, it hasn't been proved in a court of law, blah, blah, blah. I understand that. But it's a very unique scenario. I think the guy's guilty. I think he deserves probably more than a year, probably shouldn't play for a couple of years uh, at, at minimum. Um, but in my opinion, I think just the way the NFL is operated, uh, he'll probably get a full season. It'll get knocked down to 10 games is my guess. Kyrie. That, that's certainly what they're going to try to do. That's for sure. I mean, we're already kind of seeing the groundwork laid like, oh, yeah, like, why didn't you punish Dan Snyder? Why didn't, why didn't you, you punish, punish Robert Kraft? Yeah, why didn't you Robert, Robert, Kla- Robert Kraft? And it's just like, oh, yeah, like all these times you let the owners off the hook or you've given other people, um, you know, lesser suspensions for doing, you know, quote unquote worse things. But I think that when it comes down to it, I mean, clearly you've got a pattern of behavior here. The guy is a predator. I mean, like, bingo. And, and so you you can you yeah the nflpa has to do its job and represent its players right but when it comes down to it deshaun watson shouldn't play football this year and i don't really need to see him play football ever again he will most likely but yep. then again you've got 60 i mean the the report from jenny Brentus was that it was 66 different women that he went to massages for so i mean like you 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 take that into account and you think there might still be more things to come down or especially. And, mm-hmm. and, and well, especially now people are going after the Texans too, right? The Texans. No, they, yeah, because they gave him a freaking, betting. They gave, they gave him, they gave him uh what? Uh, NDAs. They helped. A non-disclosure they agreement. Up, they set him up which with is rooms. Just insane. And, and like the rooms and masseuses, like they're, yeah. they're fate. Like they are completely involved in this as well. Like the Texans should be screwed. And no, I don't think you, I don't think that you basically say that there's time served with them deactivating him and making him a healthy scratch last season as no. well. I know Mike Vick came back to the league. Other guys have been get, you know, given year. Adrian Peterson was allowed back in the league. But this guy, this pattern of behavior, this is a dangerous precedent to set. He's a pre- he was a predator, might still be for all I know. The man needs help above yeah. all. Like the guy legitimately needs help. You don't need him anywhere near a football field. And screw you, Cleveland Browns, for – not just like putting this guy on your fan base, but for enabling this behavior by rewarding him with a quarter of a billion dollar deal, fully guaranteed by not even, and and working the contract, him and his lawyers can all go screw because of the way they work the contract so that he only loses a little money this year and gets the majority of it in the final four years. Like they were expecting this shame on all of them. Lastly, I'd like to punch Deshaun Watson and his lawyers right in the chops. I'd like to get in the (laughs) ring and give him a nice little Mike Tyson kid dynamite. So getting in the ring, I uh, read this. This is our last one, gents. Uh, from ESPN Rigside, Adrian Peterson and Le'Veon Bell have signed contracts for a heavyweight boxing exhibition so on dumb. July 30th at Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, a, who do you got? And B, are there any other NFL boxing matches you'd like to see? I saw the odds on this. I think we're plus 125 for AP, minus 135 for Le'Veon Bell or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I hate these like celebrity boxing matches. I think they're stupid. I think they're dumb. I think the Paul brothers need to go away. The only Paul I like is Nick Paul of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, he's my favorite Paul brother. But I just, 
I, I'm, I don't care about any of these boxing matches. Like I, if I have to, if, if you're saying, you, you know, gun to my genitals, I, I guess I'll take, I guess I'll, I guess I'll take Le'Veon Bell. I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I have zero interest in this. Kyrie. Less than zero interest in it. Absolutely Perfect. not going to watch it. Not going to try to find out Amen. what happens. Um, the only, the only other uh, uh, NFL, you know, kind of related fight I would want to see potentially is uh, like somebody like Trent Brown against like Greg Hardy because I just really want somebody to bust Greg Hardy because that's a bad dude. That that's a that's a legitimately bad, horrible human being, and right. I would love to see him get his ass whooped. Um, so, so how about James go. Harrison fine. versus how about James Harrison versus Greg Hardy so that oh, he I'm can so into just that. absolutely break he him would, in half. He, like he would, Bane, he would Wolverine him so hard. Like yeah, Bane snapping Batman's that back. Oh. Like now time for the beating you have deserved, Mr. Hardy. You were merely adopted the darkness. I was I would, born in I, it. I was born into it. Now is not the time for pain, Mr. Hardy. That comes <laughs> that later. That comes later. <laughs> yeah. I love that we're all buffed up on our Bane. That is what I am. <laughs> talking about i could think of some more like celebrity nfl boxing matches i would like didn't frank gore kick the crap out of somebody who did he box recently and absolutely oh, dropped right. him dropped him like a sack of rice just brutalized him ah whatever who, it was who did he who did he, he didn't even, oh, it, was darren thing, it was darren williams oh that's oh, was right. darren williams. that's right that's right and he did and the funny thing is he didn't even have to just swing his arms all right there's your frank gore joke that everyone <laughs> was looking forward to there it is everybody oh wait was it was it darren yeah, it was Darren, it was Darren Williams. Williams yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, Darren Williams didn't didn't want any of that. I, I don't know. I, you didn't want, want the that. smoke. Yeah, no, no, no. I no. would also pay good money. I'd pay good money to watch Cortland Finnegan and Andre Johnson. Oh boy, they started Ooh, years ago on the football back. field. Yes. See, bring that see back. now we can you bring want to know what other fight back. I'd be willing to see. This is non NFL related. I'd I'd watch Kendrick Perkins versus Draymond Green. I would watch that oh, fight in a heartbeat. Yeah. That. That's and then and when Perk, related, when but. Perk drops him, he just goes, carry the hell on. <laughs> oh, I love Perk. And the crowd starts the F you Draymond chant. Oh, we could go on with this all days. Guys, great time. Great pod. Three great segments. One awesome podcast. At Shime Time for our producer and third man extraordinaire, Chris Shime Time Shime on the morning show as well. Welcome to WEI.com, to the Six Rings Pod, and everything else you've been a welcome addition to. Mr. Kyrie Thompson at KD Thompson 5. We'll hear you on the waves this summer. Hopefully, we'll be hearing from you in the fall. We can read You'll be you hearing from me this afternoon, actually. I'm going on with uh, with Merloni and Foyer. Oh, there it is. There we go. All right. Nice job, my man. Enjoy the program. Hopefully, everyone that hears the podcast Wednesday will have listened to you on Tuesday. Uh, and, of course, you can check out at WEEI for all of the programming and scheduling updates as we kind of rotate the staff during the summer. And I'm at Fitzy GFY. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. We'll be back in a couple of days with another podcast. Shime and I will break down the special teamers before Woo! the 4th of July weekend. Good night. Good luck. God bless. And let's go, Pats.